You're listening to We've Got Issues, a conversation with diverse thought leaders across sectors and the media, exploring hot topics and current trends in communications. This podcast is produced by Issues Management Group, an integrated strategic communications, public affairs, and digital firm guiding clients through complex, highly leveraged situations. This world is complicated. It's no surprise. We've got issues. Hi, everyone. I'm TJ Winnick. And I'm Riva Chessis. Welcome to We've Got Issues. Our guest today is M.E. Malone, Deputy Director of the Betsy Lehman Center for Patient Safety, a local agency dedicated to advancing the safety and quality of healthcare in Massachusetts. Prior to joining the Betsy Lehman Center in 2014, Emmy spent 25 years as a journalist, including more than 10 as a staff reporter and assistant editor at the Boston Globe, where she was a researcher for the acclaimed Spotlight team and a Daily Beat reporter covering government affairs. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So off the bat, we are curious how you think the Betsy Lehman Center approach differs from other healthcare and mission organizations. Right. So, I mean, the Betsy Lehman Center is a, a state government agency. We're actually the only state agency named after a person. So a lot of people think that we are a foundation or a, a nonprofit organization. Um, and we're also a relatively young agency. So uh, not we're not very well known uh, in, the, in the general public. Uh, so when we took on this task of trying to increase public awareness around a health risk, so namely sepsis in this case, you know, we felt that we needed to take a very creative approach that would capture people's attention and help them to find reliable sources of information. I would also say in our public awareness work uh, that we were steered by kind of a larger group, the Massachusetts Sepsis Consortium, which were healthcare providers, other agencies and organizations. Um, And so while we were leading the communication work, we also had this benefit of the input from some top sepsis experts uh, in the state. And they really helped us uh, be sure that the messaging was accurate. um, and, And while we could rely on our communications partners to help us make it engaging. For those of our listeners who don't know who Betsy Lehman was, could you provide some background on me and and how the agency was formed? Great. Yes. So Betsy Lehman was a health reporter for the Boston Globe. Uh, In fact, she was one of our really early pioneers in health journalism. And she was unfortunately diagnosed with a very advanced case of breast cancer. And while undergoing treatment, she was inadvertently given four times the dosage of an experimental chemotherapy drug, and that caused her death. And it took a number of years, but eventually Massachusetts was one of four or six states that set up an independent agency to try to improve the safety of care across the state. So, you know, as you've discussed, sepsis awareness is a key component of your work at the center and something our teams have worked on actually together uh, over the years. And so we'd like to hear a little bit more about how, from a communication standpoint, you've increased sepsis awareness during the pandemic. So, uh, as you know, we started our initial sepsis awareness work almost a year before the the pandemic. And um, we saw in that first campaign really good engagement from people with our social media posts. And so that experience, I would say, confirmed our sense that people were interested in learning more about how they could protect themselves and their loved ones from really the, the potentially devastating health consequences of sepsis. So once we saw there really was a need for more 
knowledge. We realized that it just made it wouldn't make any sense to stop our efforts to reach people during the pandemic. And in fact, it became, I think, even more important because people were delaying medical care. They weren't going to their doctor's offices and to urgent care centers and, and the hospitals, you know, even up to a year after the pandemic began. And knowing that sepsis is something that's much easier to treat if it's caught early, I think it actually added urgency in a lot of ways to our efforts. And I, I think the other way that we thought about increasing awareness during the pandemic was that we couldn't rely on more traditional ways of reaching people, right? You would put flyers or posters in medical offices or, you know, attend neighborhood gatherings to raise awareness. Um, and those just weren't practical at a time when people were, you know, avoiding uh, going out as much as possible. So using Facebook and social media to reach people became really a very logical and ultimately successful approach for us. I want to pull that thread a little bit further and ask you, you know, with social media today being what it is at times, how do you educate audiences through the sepsis smart campaigns while keeping things from being doom and gloom. Tell us a little bit how you kind of balance that out, you know, urgency and importance versus fear. Right, right. No, it's a great question. It certainly was very tricky. Um, and particularly, you know, at the start of COVID, people were receiving so much information, particularly around COVID, and there was just a lot to sift through. So I would say a couple of things. So we tried to approach the subject with messaging that emphasized that just a little bit of knowledge is a good thing, right? You don't have to become a sepsis expert, right? But just when you're experiencing the, the somewhat vague symptoms that are associated with sepsis, you know, you should call a doctor and you should ask, could this be sepsis? I think another approach we took was we uh, told the story of a sepsis survivor. So a woman from the North Shore um, and her, her experience with sepsis was a difficult one, but she came out the other side of it. And I think by generously sharing her story, she really encourages and inspires others to ask questions uh, of their healthcare professionals when they feel that something is, is wrong. Um, and particularly in her case, after she'd had an infection and, and sepsis is more common after uh, an infection. And I think the third thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is if even the slogan that we use, right, be sepsis smart, reminds people that they can be proactive um, rather than, than just reactive. The Betsy Lehman Center has a multilingual approach to marketing. And we wanted to ask you a little bit about how that impacts your communications with the public. Well, we don't have a lot of data right here in Massachusetts. Nationally, we know that sepsis awareness is lower among residents for whom English is a second language, um, as well as in communities of color more broadly. Um, so really, we knew we had to broaden our reach. Um, and so we created materials for Spanish speakers, and we looked for other ways to disseminate this information uh, you know, through social and other media that are trusted by Latinos and Latinas in Massachusetts. And to be honest, I think we just still have a lot to learn about how to extend public health resources and share information that is responsive to the linguistic and cultural diversity of our state. And for us, this is really a good a good place to, to start, uh, knowing that there was a lack of awareness um, or lower level of awareness in this community. So important to be sure that, that we were inclusive of 
I wanted to ask, based on your background in journalism, how has that really helped you be a director of these important campaigns? You know, you mentioned how Betsy Lehman was one of the first uh, healthcare journalists. How does that kind of tie into your role and how you approach, you know, achieving your goals? Um, it's, uh, again, these questions are great. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, for me, just communications is just such a key. And, uh, you know, as someone who was a reporter who covered government, uh, I would sometimes be frustrated knowing that people had information that they didn't want to share. And when it comes to health, obviously there's really no reason why, information shouldn't be shared more broadly. And I would argue that it's actually a key responsibility of of government that, you know, if we have data that shows the incidence of sepsis in this state is higher than it could be, we have a responsibility to let people know more about what they can do to protect themselves and protect their families. Our final question for you is, you you talked a little bit about how uh, state ties impact your campaigns, but I suppose, you know, the question is, how does it, how does it benefit, you know, getting the, the message out and does it make it more challenging in any ways? So I would say two things. Um, one is that, you know, despite the very fractious dialogue in our country over the last few years, um, many people really do rely on government entities uh, to help them with medical and healthcare needs and with information. So I think, you know, we're, we were directing people through this campaign to the state's website, mass.gov, for sepsis information. And I think this signals to a lot of people that this is information that has been vetted. Um, it's not tied to business or industry. We're not looking to sell you anything. Um, so I think that that, you know, that's, that's one advantage. I think, you know, almost more importantly, you know, our mission and our goal is to have the highest possible quality of medical care in in this state. And to do that, we really need to be very inclusive. You know, we absolutely have world-class practitioners and institutions here, but safer healthcare really results from partnerships between patients and their providers. So by investing in building awareness of a pressing health issue, so in this case, you know, sepsis, um, we're hoping to help give patients and their families, you know, additional tools and information to partner with their medical professionals, you know, on an ongoing basis. Well, M.E., thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We really appreciate it. Great. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure to talk with you as well. And to our listeners out there, thank you for joining us for We've Got Issues. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on future conversations. And if you've enjoyed this conversation and previous episodes, let us know by leaving a review and following us on social media, issues underscore group on Instagram and at issues underscore group on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you, but for now, we'll talk to you soon.